Good morning, everybody, and welcome to WPPA Sports Saturday. We get set to talk spring athletics throughout our area. Joined this morning by the venerable Edward J. Benishunis. Back in the wow. saddle for a week anyway. Then off for two, but back on a more regular basis after that. So, yeah. Doctor, good morning and welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, Chaz. Great to have you along with uh, us. And uh, we've got to thank the uh, fine sponsors of this great show. Like Phoenix Physical Therapy with five convenient locations to serve you in Pottsville, Oregsburg, Frackville, Pine Grove, and Gratz. That's Franco, Bobby, Mike, Lauren, and Bo, who are there to get you ready to recover, recharge, and rise at Phoenix Physical Therapy. Also, thank you to Gears Dairy, Schuylkill County's oldest family-owned full-service dairy on the Tumbling Run Road. Don't forget, they got the dairy line. From whole milk to skim milk, the uh, delicious orange juice to pump up that vitamin C, the stave off the cold or flu or seasonal allergies. Would they be helped by vitamin C? Well, I guess everything's helped by vitamin C. You just feel better. You just feel better with vitamin C. And uh, don't forget the delicious iced tea and fruit drink products, the orange uh, drink, the uh, lemonade. Of course, this is lemonade sipping season on the way, Mm -hmm. Chaz. And the the delicious iced tea, the iconic uh, regular tea, sugar-free green tea, diet green tea, the uh, raspberry and diet decaf raspberry and tea cooler. Sing it. Sip on, Schuylkill County. And uh, Chaz, you know what? A lot of people will come on these programs and, and you know, may have sponsors or whatever. I want to talk to you real quick. I've been going for 10 years strong, okay, on my physical therapy uh, session that I had at Phoenix when I tore my meniscus. Mm-hmm. I've been going for 10 years. I've opted not to get the surgery for my torn meniscus because the chances of getting the surgery and not getting the surgery were the same, Okay. Except for if I got the surgery, I could have had a stroke. I could have died uh, due to all of those, uh, you know, things that they put you to sleep with, and and the, and the uh, you know things that come along with surgical procedures. I went to Mike at the Phoenix uh, Physical Therapy uh, location in Frackville. For ten years, I've been living pain free, and I have not had an issue with my uh, meniscus since. I went to him for ten. Uh, I went to him for about ten weeks. It took about ten weeks of, uh, of some good physical therapy three times a week, but you know what? I've had no symptoms, signs, or anything of a torn meniscus at all. Uh, now I'm not the professional athlete. I'm not running back material. Okay, I can walk up and down stairs, up and down hills, not a problem. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I Ace did, fixed you up. Yeah, Ace fixed me up. So when we tell you that the Phoenix Physical Therapy, you could, you know, recover, recharge, and rise, Boy, it is true. I'll tell you what, that's that's a pretty good testimonial there. Between yeah. you and JP going to see Bobby Dussel, you both are back in action. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, you know, like I said, it's 10 years now mm-hmm. uh, since I had that happen to me. And, you know, I mean, and your body is a temple. Oh, it's a it's a testament <laughs> it, of time. It just has to be reminiscent of Buddha's temple. That's all. Hey, hey, hey. a lot know. of people worship me. You know, I mean, I walk well, through. I and do. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, Doc, you know, there's some big news happening around the area. Outside, big, we'll get to the scores in, yeah. in just a yeah. moment and talk yeah. about some of these games. We'll also have Mike Welsh coming up on the program. But which story do you want to start with here? Oh well, we have uh, two this morning uh, coming yeah. out uh, pretty much. 
uh, Chris Conroy uh, calling it the you know the end of the era in uh, Shenandoah Valley as the ladies' basketball coach. Uh, he's been at the helm for 14 years up there in uh, Blue Devil territory, and uh, you know, things just get a little hectic. You know, the career well, starts to take a change. You add on did. some extra mm-hmm. extra uh, duties. and uh, he I had the ability to see little babe <laughs> when I went up for a football game this year. He greeted me at the press box, and I said, boy, you're picking up quite the role here. He said, yep. And uh, he was excited at the end of football season for basketball season to get started. But, you know, when you have things going on and, you know, other other responsibilities added in, you know, maybe you figure out what can give and what takes up a, a, a boatload of that time. And, you know, coaching is a year-round sport. And, if, you know, you have a feeling that, you know, with giving your time to other things involved with the school district, you couldn't give it your all. And, yeah. you know, that's that's an admirable, admirable decision to of self-reflection so to speak yeah yeah i mean we we hear these coaches uh week in and week out talk about uh uh different uh you know uh, how much it is in a te- uh, i mean uh, a full toll of their time uh, uh both uh career wise and also uh you know a commitment to uh if you can't give it your all you're not going to yeah, succeed so uh you know, we're going to have to uh, wait and see what uh, comes uh, about in Shenandoah. But uh, Chris Conroy making the decision to step down. He can't give it at all. He can't give his uh, girls the 110% uh, attention that he needs or they need. So uh, he says, hey, listen, I'm going to give the uh, boat to uh, someone who has that uh, commitment and that time to be able to step uh, uh, away and uh, or step in and uh, give that uh, time commitment as uh, his career starts to take a little bit of a change. Is... Indeed. So we wish Chris well in his uh, endeavors. I know we'll still see him scholastically in, uh, yeah. in, in the athletic programs. And uh, we've got a caller on the line. Now, I did, oh. I did pre-screen this oh. one. Yes, I did pre-screen this one, but it's a favorite caller of ours. It has to be Darnell. It has to be. Darnell, good morning. How are you, buddy? What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm a blessed man. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Now, a whole heck of a lot better that we're talking to you, Darnell. <laughs> yeah, well, we hate to see good coaches, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, such is life. But listen, earlier in the week, uh, well, actually uh, Thursday, um, uh, Jay-Z and, and um, uh, Jesus, his name is taken for a moment. But uh, they were talking about the, the lack of, um, oh, Jerry, we're talking about the lack of referees mm-hmm. and, and, and yep. empires in our, in, you know, in our high school sports. And uh, 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 so one of the callers called in and said that, uh, you know, he was a, a empire and, and ref for quite a few years. And he was saying the reason why a lot of the guys are leaving because there's no kind of protection for them. Uh and my question would have been to him uh, or to the school system, don't they uh, have, um, you know, guards at those games or, you know, security? I know when I used to go to the Haven games, you know, they did have some type of security. Not- if so, then why, why can't the security walk these guys and girls, uh, ladies, excuse me, to, you know, to their vehicles? Right. I mean, there's not all places have hired security. Now, we just did a baseball game at Schuylkill Haven a couple weeks ago. I saw a security guard there. Um, most, if not all schools, 
the athletic director is present and usually in that role. There are also game workers that are hired by the school to be kind of in that security role. That, you know, when, when they're at Mart's Hall, you could see Eric Riss, Miller and company walk out and greet the officials, walk them into the tunnel. Now, after the game, unless it's a heated contest, I don't know that um, they get walked out to their car. I mean, if they requested, it, it could happen. A couple years ago, there was an altercation yeah. with an official after a basketball game in, in uh, Martal. Yeah, it was in Martal. Yeah. It was either a league, district, or state game where there was an inter- interaction between an official and a fan outside as the official was going to his car. Um, I don't know, Darnell, that it's not exactly in place. I don't know that there are specific protocols that are consistent after a game. I think if it's a hotly contested game, they, they, they get that kind of protection. But, uh, I mean... You know, a lot of people now these days, as a former official myself, the reason I got out of officiating baseball as a baseball umpire for a couple years, Mm -hmm. I worked here and I started doing sports broadcasting and found that that was much more rewarding, rewarding, I guess, for lack of a better term. And to be honest with you, it it was about the same pay and I didn't have to, you know, I, I didn't have to crouch. I didn't. I, I could sit and talk about the game because I like to talk. Um, Del Houck, my current baseball compadre, when he's home from Florida, he's an official, but he doesn't do it during the high school season. He found it as retiring from coaching that coming to the radio station and talking about baseball was more for him now. But in the summertime, he will officiate teener games and legion games and stuff like that. But uh, there is a definite shortage all around. I mean, when we had that Blue Mountain at North Schuylkill game on WPPA a couple of weeks ago, last week maybe, um, that oh, game yeah, they alluded to that. That game started at three o'clock because the officials had to do that game, and then they had a seven o'clock game in Pine Grove that night. Yeah, That's why yeah, that game was yeah. moved to that time. Yes, I I think I think I'm a glad. lot of it. That's all right. Uh, I I think a lot of it too, Darnell. Too is I mean. We have so much more things on our plates nowadays. You know, I mean, life is a lot busier. And, I mean, we probably didn't recruit like we should have for a while. It's almost like uh, you see happening in other organizations. We, you know, sort of ride the coattails of others. And then there's nobody to pull up behind us. And we really don't go out and recruit. We just continue to do it. And say, oh, well, somebody's going to come in. And needless to say, nobody has come in. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the big thing is, I mean, I think we need to step out into these high schools, not us, but the, these local chapters and say, hey, listen, boys and girls that have, uh, you know, played sports the last few seasons here, you know, you ought to think about when you're going to college, getting involved in officiating. It, it, it's an outlet to make a few bucks and not give up a whole ton of your time. You know what I mean? It's not like that they're going to have to go and work at the, the local coffee shop or, or donut shop or something like that. And, you know, work five, six, seven-hour shifts uh, uh, three or four times a day or three or four times a week. They're able to go out and work for an hour or two and make a considerable amount of money. Um, I mean, not to, you know, bring anything or, or, or down anybody or anything. But when you're making 75 bucks to call a basketball game, uh, that's an hour and a half of work in the high school realm, let's say. Um, that's pretty decent. That's pretty decent money. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and, and he was saying uh, the caller plus um, Jay-Z and Jerry, because Jerry said he was uh, officiating also, you know, but um, 
Here's, here's my concern is this, that without officials, you don't really learn the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the other day, uh, I'm looking at, um, uh, what's his name on first base, the Phillies? Uh, oh, uh, Reese Hoskins. Uh, yeah, Reese, right. And he's running. And he gets hit with the ball, all right? And like he's like, well, what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're out, dude. You got hit with the ball. <laughs> you know? And he's trying to figure out, well, what I'm supposed to do? You know? So he's standing there for a good 30 seconds or so, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, so the kids won't, you know, they won't learn the rules of the games. You know what I mean? Right. And, yeah. Let's let's go back. I'm going to go back a few years. I'm going to go back to uh, uh, Andy Reid era in Philadelphia. You remember Andy Reid and uh, Donovan McNabb, and they're playing oh, yeah. a game. I, I'm not sure who they were playing against, but it's in overtime. And they're thinking that they're going to have more time. As time is expiring, they're thinking they're getting another quarter. They're not thinking, hey, listen, this thing's going to end up to be a tie. So the players and the coaches aren't, let's say, as versed as what the umpire should be in – in uh, the uh, game, yeah. all right? The, the player right. needs to know the f- fundamentals, knows how to play the game, but knows also like, hey, listen, I can't do this, I can't do that, you know? But do they need to know down to every little nuance and, and you know, every little critique or every little thing? Man, did you just see, like, the NFL, uh, Darnell, change some things up? Like, you know, how many teams are going to be, you know, penalized in the beginning of the season when they go to kick an onside kick and think, I could throw 10 guys up there and throw two guys back to try to get this onside attempt, and, up oh, we're only allowed nine? How many players do you think really honestly know every little rule in the book? And how many officials actually know every rule in the book somewhere? Well, yeah, I agree with that. But, but my point is, though, that listen, you don't know all the rules in the book. I'm, I'm talking about the kids now, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or the players out there now. But you learn on the fly. But if you don't have the officials out there, you're not learning anything. So now we got anarchy and chaos <laughs> on, on the baseball Seen field, that. the basketball court, the ice rink. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. And, you know, the interesting thing, Darnell, without officials, we won't have sports. I mean, that's, that's just there. the way it's coming. And uh, the interesting thing, and, and if I can look back at as far as officials' crisis, you know, and, and this, maybe I'm dating myself and I'm going to sound like a cranky old bird here, but I, I'm not trying to. <laughs> but uh, youngsters these days, the younger generation who we need to get involved, they're a generation now that have turned into immediacy. And when you get into officiating with the PIAA and all of those types of things, you think immediately you should be calling the big games. You should be calling the varsity games. And it doesn't work that way. You've right. got to work your way through the JV circuit, the Teener League circuit, Little League, and hone your craft. I mean, when I started, I was blessed. And Dell and I had this conversation the other day during a timeout because he was talking about Tommy Kramer and, you know, he used to coach Blue Mountain. Now his son Jared's there with Billy Dabrowski. And I was talking that I was like 15 or 16 years old, and my dad was the coach of the Teener League in Frackville, and I was no longer a player, but I went to one away game with them, and they didn't have an umpire for the bases. And Tom Kramer was the plate umpire. And I said, well, I'll do it. I was doing some Little League games and stuff like that. I'm like, I'll go out and do it. Why not? 
And Tommy Kramer worked with me as a 15, 16-year-old boy on the mechanics of it and where to be and how to do this and how to do that. And it was one of the greatest learning experiences I've had. I didn't know him at the time. He still had his mustache, looked like Tom Selleck. (laughs) But, um, you know, he taught me that. And then as I progressed up, I had another guy from Frackville named Mickey Little. God rest his soul. I went to my first rules interpretation meeting, fish out of water, young kid, wet behind the ears. You know, thought I knew a lot about the game. And we were there, and Mick said, Chaz, meet me at the baseball field this Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. I want to work with you to teach you how to be a a good umpire. And I went and I worked with Mickey, and he taught me more and more and more. You know, but that – Young, young, the, the the young generation coming in want all the varsity games. It's not going to happen for you. The guys that are doing them are getting older. It's going to happen quicker than you think. But just take a chance and do these JV games and teener league games and summer league basketball games and, and all of those things in order to become better. And you'll get to the big one. I mean, we sent some young some young officials to the state championships from our area. Yep. Andrew Callista, Mike Rudy. Uh, went down and did a, did a uh, state championship game this year. That doesn't happen very often. But well, who, who who does the recruiting for uh, officials? I mean, do they really have you know an official recruiting uh, recruiting uh, group? Uh, I don't know per se. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like guys will, will run into kids when they're doing things. Or maybe they're out somewhere or they're at a game and they say, hey, you know, why don't you give this a shot? I don't know that they have an official uh, recruitment person in each chapter. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a great idea, you know, to get somebody going around and talking. Yeah. A, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys still work full-time jobs and fit this in, um, you know, and you'd have to get the right person who's passionate about it and, and could sell the idea of doing it. But uh, you're right. I mean, it was interesting in basketball season this year because everywhere JP and I went, and I'm not sure about you and Bernie yet, but uh, basketball officials were like, who's this guy? Who's yep. this guy? And, yep. But we saw some young, great guys. The only thing is they were all from the Allentown area. Yeah. I think oh, they sh- okay. they they threw a, a, like a, a deck of cards on the floor and picked them up, and it seemed like 52-card pickup. We were getting people from, from Lehigh Valley and from other areas, and there were some younger generation. But, yeah. I mean – when I say younger, I'm talking mid-30s. To me, I mean, that's younger than I am. Uh, I mean, but still, I mean, you're looking, you're getting maybe, you know, how many years out of them? Are they going to be the, the, the Super Coopers? The, are they going to be, you know, the Rizzos that have been around for a long time, the Gerchaks? Uh, I mean, are they going to turn out to be that, you know? And another thing, too, I think, Darnell, like in our area especially, I mean, you look at it and, and you think, what are all young kids doing? After high school, they graduate, they go away to college, they go away to a trade school, they go away to the military. How many of them actually come back to our area? It's sad. Uh, I mean, we're an aging population here in Schuylkill County. I mean, I don't think, I mean, if you look at, you know, the census numbers from, you know, 2000, 2010, and and then the ones that will be released for the 2020 census, I don't think we're getting any younger. I think our median age is going to go up a little bit. So, I mean, with the departure from this area, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. And, you know, I mean, when we talk about the younger generation, we talk about, Maybe not being so thick-skinned as they're going to need to be to be an official. 
Uh, and, you know, trust me, I've heard a lot of things. I mean, we have headsets on a lot of times when we're doing games or if we're not doing games and, and we're at them. You can hear a lot of things that are being said and yelled and, and, and I mean, there's a lot of criticism of officials. And, you know, sometimes you want to think and say, hey, buddy, if you're, hey, lady, if you're that much better than that young uh, person out there committing their time to, to make sure that there's a fair and balanced game that your kid is participating in, uh, maybe you ought to don the stripes tonight uh, because you seem to know a lot more than that official knows. Yeah, there's one thing I learned at a, at a as at a young age as an official. You can't have rabbit ears. <laughs> it's just that's that's just the way it goes. You're gonna get criticism. Fifty percent of the people are gonna be happy, and fifty percent of the people are gonna be upset, no matter what you make the call. And you can't have you rabbit know, ears. I hear what you saying. I know I've been known to yell, "Hey, yo, ref! Can you <laughs> see, man?" <laughs> <laughs> but hey, listen. I know you guys have a guest coming up, so. Uh... Hey, thanks for answering my question. Oh, no problem, Darnell. Anytime, you know that. Yeah, give us a call, Darnell. We love bantering around. It's All always right, my fun. Good brothers, be blessed. You, you too, too. Darnell. There you have it, Doc. Darnell checking in this morning, and, yeah. he, and he raises a great point about officiating, and it's it's something that we're we're sorely lacking, and and we need people to get behind. I mean, you know, I I, I, I don't know how to, how to do, what the secret remedy is. I don't know. How many years ago did we have um, uh, before football season? Jim Toomey. Jimmy Toomey and uh, we had, we talking. Had, we had uh, Joe Gerchak on talking yep. about officiating. Um, we try and do our parts. The PIAA had a, a PSA a few years ago. Without the without the stripes, there are no stars. Yeah. You know, if you remember that one. Um, you know, that's just, it's people, somebody's got to step up. I mean, I, if we do it, who's going to talk about it? I mean. <laughs> We're doing track and field. We're going with we, Bernie. Yeah, we are. You listen, guys got to come with me. Yeah, I mean, track officials, it's it's no different there. There's one, and most of these places now, their field events don't happen in the track, and that official's up firing off their pistol while the field events are going on, and they've got to trust other people. I, I've been involved in track and field lately. I've been learning a lot. And I listen, Bernie's stealing money, but. You guys <laughs> got to come with me. Listen, on your mark, set, <laughs> I mean that's Ber- that's Bernie to a T. You, <laughs> you better I mean? you better get the uh, uh, music queued up here. I got a scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> I got a scoreboard to yeah, talk yeah, about, my friend. We he'll, have he'll be yelling at us later. We have baseball and softball to talk about, and uh, well, last night on the uh, baseball diamond, Chaz, you have Minersville downing Shenandoah nineteen to two. Tri Valley gets the best of Marion twenty to seven. Panther Valley, a 13-3 winner over Mahanoy area. Jim Thorpe over Northern Lehigh, 15-4. Amaya shuts out Potzel, 10-0. Loyal Sock shuts out North Schoolkill, 10-0. On the Diamonds with the ladies. The circle last night, a 10-0 shutout for Tri-Valley over Marion. Bloomsburg doubles up Williams Valley in 2-1. Over those Lady Vikes, Jay-Z says it was a heck of a ball game last on night. On turf. The on turf. show on turf. Hey, all the way on turf. All the hey, way on turf. He even said the uh, brown around the bases was actually That's, turf. Schuylkill Haven doesn't have any dirt in it. Yeah, I didn't see it That's yet. the way it works. Oh. You, you have your opportunity, but you're going to the Phillies game. Uh, Blooms, <laughs> May it be Potzel 13-3. And Northern Lehigh beat uh, Jim Thorpe. Four three. We talked about that other uh, that one headline with Chris Conroy stepping away, and let's talk about the other one. Chaz Marion Catholic has announced they'll expand their athletics programs with mm-hmm. the addition of boys and girls soccer starting this fall. 
Both teams will play a non-league schedule here in 2021. A way to expand and try and increase the numbers at Marion Catholic. Nativity did that a couple years ago. Marion uh, finding their way onto the pitch. But, you know, it helps out other sports in it the does. long run. It does. Oh, it absolutely does. Don't let, you know, don't let that fool you. I know a lot of uh, traditionalists back in 1991 uh, when uh, soccer started at North Schuylkill, which is near and dear to me a little bit, I oh, participated gosh, in the I sport. Was in the first time, I was on the first team, and yeah. I can remember. I can remember. Yeah. It's a difficult. It's a difficult program to start if your school hasn't had it, particularly yeah. in a place that's a quote unquote football school. It's a little bit more difficult to get a soccer program up and running. Um, I. My hat's off to Pete Sanfilippo and uh, the current uh, person in charge, and the name escapes me. I don't have the article in front of me of uh, the guy that's now in charge at Marion Catholic. My hat's off to them for uh, for trying this because it's not always an easy thing. I can remember as a senior in high school standing in front of the school board at the time talking about why soccer should be played. You know, and I, and I was told, now, I now, was pointed now, out directly. Now I see where the uh, inspiration came from. No, 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 <laughs> 20 no. 20 no. years down the no, road. No, 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 no. I can be, I, I remember clearly the school board president at the time pointing at me. Joey and saying, and saying, Chaz, you should be on the football team. I'd never played the sport and played soccer. I was, I was a soccer player. I, my physique was a little bit different at the time. And, uh, you know, but we ended up getting it through. It wasn't recognized per se, but we had a great group of parents and, and coaches behind us. Uh, a guy I still call coach today, Bill Rugg, uh, you know, what was, yeah, he one, was of one of the first he was, soccer he, aficionados. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't the head coach because he wasn't allowed. He was a teacher and he wasn't allowed to be the head coach because it wasn't recognized yet. And uh, Pastor Del Bieber was our coach and, and Bill Rugg. Uh, assisted and we got the soccer program in. I, I think it's it's good stuff. Um, you know, you're right. It does help with other things. The cardio fitness is incredible for basketball, <laughs> for basketball, for for track. Yep. You know, your coordination, your your everything that goes with it. Although you know, you'd say, oh, well, hand eye, it's head eye, feet eye. You know. Well, you got to remember to keep your hands off the ball. So, you know, I mean, naturally you, you want to reach down and grab the ball. You know, I mean, sometimes. So you've got to remember to uh, keep your hands nah, off the ball. I, I never, that, that, that. <laughs> That's where the high uh, 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 hand-eye coordination comes in because I'd be wanting to uh, so catch it. I, I, I think it's great for Marion Catholic. I hope they find the right person to build their program. I hope they can uh, find access and entrance into the Schuylkill League in soccer. Um, it'll, it'll be a great addition. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the numbers fare out for them in, in getting this started. Um, and that's going to be all part and parcel to finding the right person to uh, lead that program and bring it to the uh, fore at Marion. I mean, let's face it, numbers across the board in athletics at Marion are down. I mean, let's be quite, let's not mince words. The football program had a lack of numbers uh, Two years ago, or three, yeah, two years ago, where they ended their season early for lack of uh, numbers to play the game of football, their girls' basketball program has been JV teamless for the past few years. Um, you know, so is this a way to draw more students into uh, Marion in order to play soccer? Possibly. Um, you know, will that help build numbers in other areas? 
Possibly. I mean, they have a, a kid that kicks on the football team. We saw him. Oh, yeah. If he's a junior, that's the first kid I'm recruiting to come yeah. out to play soccer. Hey, yeah. come on, man. Come Let, on. Let's try this. And you can kick field goals for yep. Coach DeCosti. I don't care. You, we'll share you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll leave you go play football on so, Friday night. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes up, who they can pick up as opponents. And it, it gives our area teams another local team for a year let's, anyway to schedule. Let's not uh, uh, mince words, as you said. One of the areas that uh, has been very large in uh, attendance a- as lately uh, for uh, Marion has been to the north on Route 309, a, a city by the name of Hazleton, uh, with the closing of, um, uh, I believe, what was it, MMI or whatever in MMI Freeland. MMI is not closed. Um, or uh, is Hafey. Bishop Hafey closed. Hafey, yes, I'm sorry. Hafey, so they are left with a spot to look. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people from the Hazleton area has sent uh, their kids to uh, the Marion uh, Catholic School. And guess what? The Youth League in Hazleton, I have uh, some inside sources and information, over 600 participants. Wow. A year. That's, that's... Over 600 participants so, so, in soccer so, so in a you year. So you may get some of those kids that may not be playing for Hazleton or didn't, you know, Make Hazelton. I don't even team. know if Hazelton has a soccer team. Well, they're in a different district than a lot yeah, of our their big attention. school. You know, we don't. I, I don't know what Hazelton has, yeah. but you know, I mean, Shenandoah Valley has a co-op with Nativity. You know, will Marion be looking to co-op somewhere? Possibly. I don't know. They Maybe already have they some will. co-ops or some sports. You know, I, I I don't know. Yeah, wrestling. They have a co-op with Schuylkill Haven. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to see how that uh, builds, progresses, and moves forward. Um, again, you got to find the right person in order to uh, direct that program and build it and have uh, the knowledge, skills, abilities, and wherewithal to keep kids wanting to come and play. Yeah, I, I could watch soccer, but I mean, remember the World Cup a few years ago? Now, was the World Cup just not too long ago? It like, seems like the World Cup is every year, but it's not. I mean, there's there's a lot of you. Listen, remember when they listen. had those bamboozles or whatever they so- were? Like, soccer? Brrr! Soccer? Yeah, Venezuela. Yeah, I didn't but like anyway, those. They sold them at the ABA parade. You but, always got no, one. Yeah, yeah, but now I didn't like them on television when I was trying oh. to watch that soccer. I, I, I couldn't stand it, you know, in my older that's, age. That's because those people actually know how to play them. We didn't. Yeah. Now, now all of a sudden, they don't have those uh, as much, I don't think, at the soccer games. So I like it a little bit more uh, when I was watching it the, the last time it was on television. It was good. It didn't sound like a whole uh, swarm of uh, yellow jackets were coming out after me. I remember, Chaz, you talk about uh, forming a, a, a team or whatever. I remember, you know, when North Schuylkill formed the swim team. And uh, that mm-hmm. was pretty much around the same time the soccer team was formed. And I remember how they worked uh, uh, through and, and tried to get that thing going. And, and you know, swimming and diving and getting that all uh, underway and funded. And, you know, things were a little bit different back then. And, you know, now it's a... Uh, I mean, there was a lot, a lot of work went into getting the, the swim team uh, underway, too. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they didn't have a cannonball contest. No, they didn't. And uh, I mean, that's what really or pretty the much AC did me. contest. They, they pretty much put me out of the realm. Uh, I tried doing the they diving stuff. They to keep stuff the water and, in the pool. That's why. Yeah, and so yeah, I remember uh, swimming with the young ladies and young men. And uh, then I was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to look good in a Speedo. All right, that thought's coming right out of my head. We're going to get to Mike Welsh. 
The head coach of the Pottsville Area Crimson Tide Baseball Program coming up next here on the program on AM 1360, A106. Don't forget the WPPA app, A-106 space WPPA, Apple App Store, Google Play Store. Don't forget, we're a podcast. If you missed the show, check us out. We're on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcast, also on our host site, Anchor.fm. It's WPPA Sports Saturday. A106 WPPA with your chance at $1,000 in cash. Three chances to win every workday. Listen for the contest keyword at the top of the hour at 9, noon, and 3. Then enter it at WPPARadio.com for a shot at $1,000 in this nationwide contest. Life is about motion, so orthopedic injuries are just a part of life. Phoenix Physical Therapy helps you rise to new heights after an injury by creating a program focused on you. With direct access, you can easily schedule an appointment at one of our convenient clinic locations in Pottsville, Orwicksburg, Frogville, Pine Grove, or Gratz. Your community-selected Phoenix is the proud winner of the 2020 Republican Herald Reader's Choice Award. Your life should be pain-free, filled with activities that you love. With the help from Phoenix, you can recover, recharge, and rise. Visit phoenixphysicaltherapy.com to schedule your physical therapy visit. It's been a trying year for parents. They've been confronted with countless challenges and have always risen to the occasion. If it isn't too much to ask, the 317,000 high school student athletes in Pennsylvania have one last request. Please set an example. Disorderly fan conduct in high school athletic events is on the rise. It increasingly involves parents. There's no question that parents are passionate. There's no question they care about their children. But at a time when we're all wound a little more tightly than usual, it's worth remembering this about Pennsylvania high school sports. Always be a good example. Stop unruly fan behavior before it starts. This message presented by the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Pennsylvania State Athletic Directors Association. high school student athletes. Welcome back, WPPA Sports Saturday. Phillies baseball later today, Chaz. Uh, 7.40 for that pregame. 8.10 is the first pitch. The Phillies out in the Mile High City, Colorado, uh, taking on the Rockies. Our Black Rock Trucks and Equipment home run payoff inning. Top of the fifth inning, our contestant today, Doug Beecroft of Frackville. Good luck to you, Doug. And, uh, well, a gentleman that needs no introduction on the spring edition of the program it's the head coach of the Crimson Tides baseball program. It's Mike Welsh. Good morning, Mr. Welsh. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Coach, it's always a pleasure to talk baseball with you. I had the opportunity to catch up with you the other day. And, well, for an inning, it seemed to be going well and all the way through. And then a sixth inning creates some issues, and you didn't come out on top that night. But I'll tell you what, you have a lot of gamers in your program right now, a good mix of seniors and youth. I mean, you have uh, one kid going to Division One, Radner, another one going to play some baseball at East Stroudsburg. You have uh, a freshman at Luke Keatsock who I think battles with the best of them in the box and plays a pretty decent outfield. 
What's it like having that kind of mix of kids, young and old, to, to walk into a year where you didn't play last year? Well, yeah, I think this year has, has been uh, a challenge for a lot of programs just to kind of get to know their own personnel. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Holobitz and, and, uh, and, and Yoder, and those, those two are the only guys who had any varsity experience uh, on our pro, in our program. Uh, you know, they played uh, in, in 19 as sophomores, you know, up with us. And, uh, you know, coming in, we didn't really – you know, know what we had outside of those two guys. We knew we were going to get some quality pitching and, and you know, big, uh, you know, bats in the middle of our lineup for those guys. And, and they certainly have, uh, you know, backed that up. And, and, and you know, Patrick was he, – he gave us a great performance, I thought, against Blue Mountain the other day and, and really gave us a great shot to win that game. It just didn't happen. Um, and, and right now we're not where we want to be from a record perspective. But, you know, <clears throat> we talked about that yesterday to our guys. And, we have a lot of things still in front of us, and, and uh, hopefully we come out and uh, attack the second half of the season and, and come out on the right side of things. Coach, you talk about not being on the right side of things, but, you know, it, this is a, a, a year that has just been, you know, tumultuous and just crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, how do you keep your kids focused? You know, I mean, the, the, number one, we always talk in the springtime, it's so tough because you have so much things going on. You have a lot of kids getting ready for, for graduation. You have kids getting ready for proms. You have kids getting ready for uh, a multitude of things. And, you I mean, the, the challenges that brings upon. But now you've added this, uh, you know, crazy virus. And, you know, you don't know from day to day who's going to be where, what, when, and how. Yeah, you know, that's really – it's a credit to the kids, uh, I think, more than anything. They're, they're, they're very uh, adaptable, I guess you'd say, and, and they're able to kind of persevere through all this stuff. This whole last year has been – has thrown everybody's world in, in, into a, to a tizzy, so to speak, and, and they've just kind of gotten used to it from, from, from a sport perspective, uh, from a, a life perspective, school. Uh, you know, some of the kids are virtual. Some of the kids are in. Uh, you know, half the year for us was, was hybrid. Um, you know, so, you know, it's really a credit to the kids and it's just, this has become the new norm. You, 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 uh, you show up every day with the thermometer. Um, you have a, a, I always joke with the coaches that come to town, like I never would have thought a couple of years ago, I deliver a, you know, we always give a baseball to the starting pitcher. And, and now this year I give a baseball and a big giant thing of uh, hand sanitizer for their dugout. <laughs> um, you know, but we have a thermometer, we ask our questions and, and it just has become the new norm. And, you know, we mask up and, uh, and you just go out there and do the best you can and, and, and you live it like, you know, every day, like you said, something might change where, where a school might be shut down. Like we lost the Reading game, um, the, the Fleetwood game early on because of uh, COVID issues. Our Tamako game had to be rescheduled because of COVID issues. So it's just become uh, part of our everyday life and you just kind of go with it and, and you show up every day ready to play. And, and uh, our kids have done a great job of that. And it, it's a credit to them. You know, Mike, it's interesting the way you describe it. I talked to another coach in the area, and he said this is the first time. Now, this guy's been coaching for about 20 years. I'm not going to give up his name, but I probably just did. But um, he said to me, he said, you know, coaching this year with the way that everything is operating, like you said, some kids virtual, you know, some kids choosing that so they can continue – he said, I feel like I'm coaching a Legion team and not a high school team because you kind of don't have that contact with the kids right now. Right. Yeah. I have a, a, a number of kids, and I don't blame them because, honestly, it's <laughs> these quarantines happen in school, and they may be sitting next to a kid, and, and all of a sudden they get 
you know, we, we had that as well. We had earlier in the season, about two weeks ago, we, we lost uh, two or three kids uh, because of a quarantine. So they missed, you know, a game or two uh, due to that. So I, I don't really blame a kid for saying, you know what, I can do the virtual learning and, and that way I don't get caught up in a classroom style quarantine. Yeah, you're so used to seeing your kids every day in school, and as a teacher, at least for those coaches, you know, like myself who are teachers, uh, you know, if, even if you have to like kind of grab a kid and talk to them throughout the course of the day, sometimes that's that's not happening this year, and they they're on different schedules, uh, and it, it is it is much different from that perspective. But again, it's just kind of become the new norm, and and uh, I think all of us are just really happy to be out there, you know, playing and competing after what happened last year. And that, you know, I still feel bad for the kids who never got their senior year last year. So I think we try to play this year and, and, and honor those guys, so to speak. And, um, you know, because they had to take it away. You know, you guys talked about focus a little bit pandemic related and whatnot. I want to talk about focus from a different perspective. How did you keep kids focused Thursday? Now, not about the game itself, but the conditions that had to be the one of the coldest days ever to play baseball. The winds whipping, and boy, you you can't blame kids if their focus wasn't exactly a hundred percent. You know, people joke about baseball in the Northeast, and it's 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 a different breed of baseball player that comes out of this area to to be used to that kind of uh, element and. You know, like earlier in the week, it was it was up in the 60s. And uh, even early on Wednesday, we played Tamako on Wednesday. Early in the day, Wednesday, it was, it was, you know, 60s. It was above 60. And about an hour and a half later, it was down to 48. I think during the Tamako game, it had gotten down to a, like a feel of, of 35 degrees and there was snow flurry. So, uh, yeah. And, and a game of that magnitude, the Blue Mountain game, I mean, the kids kind of just kind of plow through. and They don't really think about it probably too much um, and, until the end after the game's over. Uh, you know, but you – you just, you just, you know, show up. And we, we try to tell our guys, like, it's hard. It, it sounds cliche, but, like, the, the weather changes so frequently here in the Northeast on a spring day that you have to bring multiple layers. One, at one time in practice, it might be nice and warm, and then all of a sudden, who knows what it feels like, 15, 20 minutes or an hour later. Uh, so always have extra, you know, layers. And, you know, kids up here kind of get used to that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully now, moving into the second half of the season, we get more of the – 60, 70 uh, degree days as opposed to those, you know, 40 and wind, sh- wind chills of, of 35 degrees because uh, it is tough. It's tough on the kids. Mike, you know, you, it's tough on the kids overall, but it's really tough on a pitcher. What does a pitcher do? Uh, I mean, normally on a 90 degree day, you see them putting on a winter coat to keep the arm warmed up and all of that. What does a pitcher do when it goes from, you know, a, a pregame of 60, uh, 62 down to, to uh, you know, in-game temp of, of 42? That's crazy. I, I guess the one advantage a pitcher has, at least throughout when, when they're on the defense or when they're out there on the field, is that they're the one who's constantly moving, and I think their adrenaline's kind of running through their body. And, uh, you know, when they, when they come in on the bench, they, they jack it up a little bit and, and – and, uh, you know, they're competitors. The kids are they're, they're competitors. They want to be out there. Um, so I think you just kind of, when you're a competitor, you kind of put that out in the back of your mind and you just go out there and you compete. And then uh, you worry about being cold later, I think. And, uh, <laughs> you know, luckily, I, like I asked, you know, Patrick was, was out there. I thought, again, he pitched a really good game. And, and, and their pitcher, obviously, uh, Yingling pitched a really solid game, especially after the first inning. And um, Hats off to, to both teams and all teams in the Northeast to be, able to come to, to the ball field on a daily basis like that and, and you know,
know, play. It's, it's snow flurry. It, it definitely was snow flurrying on Thursday and on Wednesday. Uh, and it's, I, I, I like to, to joke with the third baseman when I'm out there in the third base box, and we had some good conversations, especially on Wednesday with the Tamaqua guy, just about how crazy the weather was. You know, Mike, let's talk about uh, some things with those pitchers on Thursday. I have never seen three kids, and I'm going to say all three kids, with great command of a curveball that I saw in that game. Now, the fastballs, they were, they were having some problems heating things up and spotting those. But every kid threw a tremendous curveball. They had a tremendous second pitch. In fact, none of them are afraid to lead with it, which I think is a testament to you to have faith in your two pitchers that came in that day to, to have the ability to, to call that as often as you did. Well, at this, at this day and age, kids have to really have at least one, if not two. And, and, and you know, our, I leave our, our pitch calling up to our assistant coach, Ben O'Brien, who does a great, great job with that stuff. And he's, he was well-trained at Blue Mountain, and we're happy to have him here at Pottsville. And he's, he was a great catcher there, and he really knows the game well. So I certainly am, am able to hand that off to him, and he does a phenomenal job. But he has a good feel for what our pitchers can throw and uh, he's not afraid to throw you know a little bit backwards so to speak and and our guys have confidence in that and, and some of those guys like Michael Sakina and, and even Patrick um, and I could see it with with uh, Yingling from Blue Mountain had had a develop had a third pitch as well the change up mm-hmm. uh, so if you can mix that change up in and, and you're seeing it more and more uh, kids being able to control that pitch that's a hard pitch to throw just from a field perspective but kids are starting to throw that at a younger age I think because it's really a safer pitch for kids to throw. So you can throw that and still throw it just like a fastball. And uh, once you start learning how to do that, it really becomes an effective pitch. You see kids, you see batters get out ahead. You know, you get kind of, you know, weak ground balls, weak pop-ups. If you could throw it effectively and spot it. And uh, so, you know, Michael did a lot of that as well. And I saw that with Yingling a lot too. So uh, again, a credit to the kids in the area of really kind of paying attention to their craft and going on and, and, and working on that because they're not easy pitches to develop and, uh, kids are doing a great job of that. Mike, you know, we're a few years into this uh, pitch count uh, uh, scenario that was uh, pretty much, you know, it's still a little fresh, but, you know, we have a few years under our belt. How do you think it's faring out now that we have uh, a little bit of a handle on it? Um, I, I think, you know, as long as smaller schools probably with not as many kids, they probably still feel a little bit more. Um, we've just gotten used to it. it you know, you kind of always go into every game, planning on having two pitchers available, uh, you know, your starter and then, then your relief. And, um, you know, early in the season, it's a little bit more tougher because you, you, you aren't running guys out there for 100 pitches on, on March 28th or, or March 25th. Like, for instance, John Hobbs threw like 60 in the second outing. He threw about 75. We got him up to about 80. And then finally, um, more recently, he, he threw up uh, maybe 100, maybe against Pine Grove about a week and a half ago. So, you got to build those guys up. So the more you're building them up, the more relief you need as well. So, I mean, I think you just get used to it, and it's uh, the rules, the framework of the game. And honestly, I don't really even think about it. We just go into every every game, and uh, we have at least two guys ready to go for that day, and we just read it as it goes, uh, and we just gotten used to it. You know, Mike, it was interesting before that uh, game Thursday, you came up to Dell and I, you had a change in your lineup, and you said, i got to get Ben Cole a senior some at-bats. We, we usually use the DH for him. We're going to let him get some swings in today. And he got his first hit, and he drove it. He got his first hit of the day. 
you know, how, how does that work for, for a senior's confidence who's, who's cracking into the lineup now here for the Crimson Tide? And, uh, you know, to see that happen, you got to feel good about your decision. Uh, more than anything, I feel feel happy for a kid like Ben Cool, who over the last, you know, four years has really worked hard in the weight room. He's a really, really good kid. He's a smart kid. I think he's going to be – he's going to uh, to school for, for to study HVAC, and he did electric over at Botech. I told him I want to make sure I keep his number on hand. Because <laughs> electric is not for me. Um, but but he's just such a, a great kid. And then he went out yesterday and pitched against the Mayans. Now we lost that game, but he went out and pitched three innings, gave up two runs, did exactly what we asked him to do, hit a ball hard again yesterday. So when you see kids have a little bit of success like that, more than anything, I'm just happy for the kid because he's put the work in. Uh, he's he's bought his time in the weight room. He's helped younger kids. He's always there to explain things. He's always one of the last kids, you know, getting lifts done in the weight room because he he's, he reps everything out. He's he's using heavy weight. Um, he's just a worker, and he, he listens to everything that you ask him to do. And uh, just a phenomenal kid and, and, and a great program kid. Uh, you know, so happy for him more than anything. Now, what does it take to uh, have faith in a rookie, a kid that's never played varsity baseball in his life? You decide this year. The other day we got to see him in the middle infield at shortstop. Now, he had his ups and downs, don't get me wrong. But the plays that Nick Shavinsky made, he looked like an older player with a lot of experience playing that position. He can be pretty smooth. Yeah, uh, and, and again, this this level here is, is a lot. People don't sometimes understand uh, how quick everything happens at this level. Sometimes people see things at the JV level, and I'm not knocking – you know, JV baseball, everyone's got to, to do that. Uh, but things at the varsity level move quickly. The pitchers, the pitchers are better. The, the balls uh, that are hit are hit harder. Game just moves faster. Uh, but we can see early in the year, you know, Nick Nick was ready for it. Um, you know, we thought last year as a freshman, he, he had a really good freshman two or three weeks that we had of practice and tryouts, and we were very uh, impressed with what he could do. He made his way over in the fall a little bit to some of our workouts as well. Uh, so, you know, you, you kind of put all that stuff together and, uh, and then kids, again, it's on them. It's, it's really, they come out and they earn it. And he, in, in, in our workouts and in the early part of the season, we've been able to get on the field a little bit. He really showed that he, he can handle, he's got a good glove and, and yeah, like at that inning, I, it happens. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen the best players that we've ever have, you know, have, have some, have some innings like that and have some plays like that. So, um, I don't lack confidence in that kid at all. He's, he's going to be a player and, and, um, he's only a sophomore. Uh, he swings the bat real nice. Um, he's going to have, have a nice couple, uh, years here for us, I think. Mike, let's talk about the Schuylkill League in general. Division One, boy, oh boy. Division One and Division Two are dogfights. And what's your outlook here for as the second half is about to get underway? Yeah, I mean, I got to keep our kids' confidence right now. I think you know where, where we are. Um, <laughs> it's a little frustrating because we're we're three and three, and we we could be on the other end of things. Um, you know, if, if uh, you know a couple innings here or there, but as it is, it's not a surprise to me. I know how well everybody's coached in the league, um, you know, top to bottom, and, and then you throw teams in there that maybe in years past hadn't been as competitive, like a Jim Thorpe. Uh, say five, six years ago, wasn't as competitive. Well, where they are now, they can go out and beat anybody on any given day. Uh, so, you know, in a, in a way, that's really good because there's competition throughout. Um, and where we are right now isn't where necessarily we want it to be. Uh, but we still have the second half. It's, it's all within our control. Um, 
we just have to go out and play clean baseball, you know, for a full seven innings. And if it takes more than that, then it takes more than that. But, um, you know, for our, our perspective, it's, you know, everything's right there in front of us. We just got to go out and compete. Cause I really think, um, as the year goes on here, you're going to see teams beat up on each other a little bit. And I don't mm-hmm. foresee a, you know, a team being uh, a division one champion with only having one loss or you know, it may be two or three losses, uh, just because that's, it's that tight, I think. Everybody's really, really close. And on any given day, I know it sounds cliche a little bit, but any given day anyone uh, can beat somebody else. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch how teams are developing. In fact, uh, Larry O'Rourke reached out to me the other day and said, Who, who's the best team? I said, Larry, I don't know right now. The kids have a year apart. They haven't been really together. I don't know. I, I said to him, I don't think anybody's going to be playing their best baseball until we hit maybe the last week of the regular season, possibly into districts. Yeah, uh, and, and I try to tell our guys that. I know where we are right now, 3-3 three and three in the league, 4-7 and seven overall, and, and I'll, I'm not making excuses, but we'll take our non-league schedule and, and put it up against anybody else's. We have a really uh, challenging non-league schedule, so that, that plays into it a little bit. Uh, and, and we're still coaching, I think, for, for May. I think we're still still trying we haven't because we've been apart for so long and, and we're still trying to figure out our own personnel and trying to put the places or put the pieces in the right place and um you know that i don't think we're a finished product i don't think any of the teams are a finished product just yet so you're right when you say uh the best baseball for many of these teams might happen a few weeks from right now when everyone kind of starts to really figure out and you know where they're at and kids get enough at bats and get their timing down and uh, because it is, it is tough. It's it's very difficult, and uh, some of these kids, like I said, they haven't had any varsity experience, and this is the first time that they're seeing guys who are throwing you know plus eighty on a consistent basis and with a nice breaking ball and a nice changeup. That's it's 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 very difficult to uh, to get used to, and I think all the teams around here are going to continue to get better for a lot of reasons. One, because they're really well coached, and two, they're they're all going to be figuring out you know the right pieces and where they all belong. So. Uh, I think it'll be interesting over the next few weeks to see kind of where everybody uh, falls in line and then and then into uh, district play. Well, Mike, good news. I see 70s and 80s in the forecast for next week. You've asked for it, so I shall uh, give it to you for a gift for appearing on the show this morning since we're out of the Seiko watches. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll take the warm weather. I'm okay with it. indeed well mike thanks for joining us this morning here on the program talking some crimson tide baseball was a pleasure to get out to see you again it's been a little while and it was nice to uh catch up to you and uh see what's going on thanks for talking to us this morning hey thanks for having me guys and good luck to everybody uh from from Pottsville on their spring sports softball tennis track and field roll tide thank you mike and uh, enjoy your saturday okay thank you there you have it, Doc. Mike Welsh joining us this morning, talking about some uh, Crimson Tide baseball and baseball as it works through this spring season. We'll be back to wrap up the show Yeah, here this morning on Sports Saturday on AM 1360, A106. And don't forget the podcast. We're on Apple and Google podcast sites. We also are on uh, Spotify. You can find us on our host site, Anchor.fm. It's WPPA Sports Saturday. WPPA now has an app for your Android and Apple devices. You can take WPPA everywhere you go. It's easy. Just go to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and search 106-FM space WPPA and download it today. Listen while you work.
to win $1,000 cash on A106 WPPA. Get more information at WPPARadio.com. Always lots of new things to try. New foods, new drinks. But there's one thing you just don't veer from. The great taste of Gears. Gears Dairy on the Tumbling Run Road has been serving up quality like their milk products straight from local farms or the iconic Gears iced teas. Regular sugar-free green tea and raspberry teas. Refreshing orange drink and lemonade. Plus the ever-popular seasonal drinks too. Gears Dairy, part of your family for generations. Ah, sip on Schuylkill County. Yeah, bright, sunny day today, right? That's what they're saying. Phillies, Rockies later today, 7.40 for the pregame, 8.10 first pitch from Colorado. Top of the fifth inning, inning Doug Beecroft, Frackville, our Blackrock Trucks and Equipment uh, home run payoff inning contestant. You ready, Chaz? Here's what's going on around the region today. What's going on today? Weatherly at Marion in Schuylkill League Baseball, that's at 3.30. Then, non-league baseball getting underway at 10 a.m. is Lincoln Leadership at Panther Valley. Saucon Valley at Lehighton is 11.30. Whitehall will travel to beautiful downtown Fountain Springs to take on the Spartans at 12 noon. And at 1 p.m., it's Middletown at Williams Valley. The uh, Russ Rothermill Tournament Consolation Game, Shenandoah Valley will take on Minersville in Minersville at 12 noon. Schuylkill League Softball. Tamaqua Jim Thorpe will complete a suspended game beginning at 10 a.m. Non-league softball, 10 a.m. Lincoln Leadership's at Panther Valley. 11 Lords is at Shemokin. 12 noon today, Socken Valley is at Lehighton. Whitehall is at Pine Grove and Executive Education as a Monoy area. 1 p.m. today, Weatherly at MMI. Upper Dauphin is at the Williamsport Tournament beginning at 10. Non-league track and field. How does Bernie do it? On your mark, set, <laughs> Tamaqua is at the Central Columbia Invitational. That gets underway at 10 a.m. North Schuylkill is there as well. Okay, North Schuylkill is there also. Burks, boys, tennis. The quarterfinals. Hamburg will be taking on a team to be determined at a time to be determined. Non-league boys tennis. Potts will travel to Hazleton area. They'll uh, start serving it at 10 a.m. College baseball at People's Bank Park. It's Penn State Schuylkill at Penn State York for a doubleheader beginning at 1 p.m. College Cross Country, Penn State's Google at the Penn State's Grant Invitational. That sets off at 12 noon. Maybe Bernie's up there today, Chaz. How will it go? Mark, set. <laughs> College softball, BSU Du Bois is at Penn State's Google. Doubleheader today in uh, Lady Softball down on the island at 1 p.m. No event scheduled for tomorrow. <laughs> I still love the Bernie. <laughs> Uh, little little Maynard Ferg- Ferguson and some Birdland in honor of our caller this morning, Darnell. Yes. Checking in this morning, talking about officiating. Folks, we encourage you to get out. Get online, PIAA website, and find the official's information there. You can request a book. You take your test online. It's pretty simple to become an official. And, uh, and then it's join all a chapter. Here. Yeah, and then join the chapter and go to some meetings, learn things, and find somebody to work with. That's what we encourage you. Get out there and do it. Thanks for calling today, Darnell. We also like to thank Mike Welsh for talking some baseball today with us, the head coach of the Crimson Tide, joining us on the program, and also our fine sponsors like Gears Dairy, Doc. Yeah, on the Tumbling Run Road here, Schuylkill County's oldest family-owned dairy, the dairy line from whole milk to skim milk, the orange juice, and the, the delicious fruit drinks and iced tea products. 
Sip on, Schuylkill County. Like Phoenix Physical Therapy, Chaz. Five locations, Frackville, Pottsville, Orgsburg, out there in Higgins and in Gratz. Indeed, that's going to do it for Sports Saturday today. The Saturday Morning Oldies Show is coming up next right here on WPPA Pottsville and Translator W290DP Pottsville. Have a great weekend, everybody.